This is Issues 2023. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is Kansas Humane Society President and CEO Aaron Walker. Welcome to Issues 2023, Aaron. Nice to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me. My research staff, which is me, <laughs> tells me that you started this job in March. That's right, March 1st. What was your professional life before that? What did you do? Uh, for a little over 20, let's see, 20, 21 years, um, I've worked in nonprofit. Uh, I was a theater major and a film film guy and decided I wanted to have a family and didn't want to wait until I was 50 or 60 to have a family. And so I uh, sort of fell backwards into nonprofit work. I started in child welfare at Youthville and worked there for uh, 12 years. Then I moved into health and behavioral health. And I spent the last uh, seven years at a small nonprofit that was called Medical Service Bureau. Um, we changed our name in 2019 to Karen Health. Okay. And I was the executive director there um, and led them through the uh, pandemic. <laughs> and, and Kansas Humane Society was on my short list of nonprofits I wanted to work at. And so when this when this position opened up, I was just very excited. Well, where did you grow up then? I grew up in Valley Center, um, just north of Wichita. Did uh, you, what was your educational background in? So did you um, study to be a doctor or something? No, I did criminal. <laughs> I did criminal justice. Really? Yeah. And uh, and then eventually I got my MBA in healthcare actually in nonprofit um, rural healthcare. Wow. There's a specialized program based out of Minnesota, and I was able to do that. I'm going to guess that uh, you've always loved animals, or you just uh, in the past 10 days became an animal. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, my, my, both of my parents grew up as farmers and farming families in western Kansas. My, my mother in Colby and my father in Johnson City, which is out just almost to Colorado. Way out west. Yeah. Yeah. And so I grew up um, on both of those farms. We always had animals. My parents had a vast array of animals at our house. We had geese and turtles and ducks sometimes and fish and dogs and cats mm. and just kind of whatever they felt like was sort of appropriate for that, you know, for the six acres that we lived on growing up. Sure. That's what we get. That's what we had. So, that was my question was: Do you have any favorite pets when you were growing up? Sounds oh, like, sounds like you had an old zoo out there. Oh, too. tons of them. <laughs> yeah, my my by far my favorite growing up was my cat. When I was five years old, my sister and I both got cats uh, for our birthday. My cat lived until I was twenty-five. Um, his name was Malcolm, and uh, he was the. I want to say like the least kitty cat like cat I've encountered. He wasn't very cat like. Though. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was sort of a wild animal, um, but he was just he was a part of our family in a way that changed the way I looked at animals. I'm going to take a sidebar real quick here. We yeah. talked about turtles because my 
my granddaughter, who's 10, mm-hmm. has recently come up with a pet turtle. Somebody gave her a turtle, a oh. little Kansas box turtle. Uh-huh. <laughs> it has its little pen and everything. And mm-hmm. that thing, when you come into the room, it comes over and begs for food. I mean, yeah. I didn't know they were smart enough to do that, but she's apparently been trained. They're to- apparently very good pets. We never had a rep. We never had indoor reptiles. Yeah. Like we had we had sort of a little pond that was put in where we lived outside of Valley Center. And so we just put the turtles down there. That's where the that's where the uh, ducks and geese and stuff live too. Is the uh, is the Kansas Humane Society a nonprofit organization? Yes. Yeah, we're a private nonprofit. We are funded almost entirely by um, private donations. Uh, greater than sixty percent of our of our budget is that. Um, the remainder comes from service fees for services that we provide, like we do a low-cost spay-neuter service for people who can't afford to five to $700 to go to their vet. Um, we also provide, um, we, have, we have a low-cost food program where we're able to sell Hill Science Diet food for much less than anybody else. Um, and so, uh, and, and adoption fees, we also we also make some money off of adoption fees. But the only government money we get is for a veterinary contract that we have with the city of Wichita to make sure that the animals that come in as strays receive appropriate medical care before and while we're determining if they're adoption candidates. Uh, do you have any special fundraising activities? We... <laughs> We have a small but mighty, that term is overused, <laughs> this team does so much. Like, we have multiple things going on every week. Really? All throughout the year. Okay. Um, we do have two big things coming up um, on August 4th at Norton's uh, Norton Brewing uh, downtown. We're doing what we're calling First Friday, F-U-R-S-T, um, we're going to have paintings that were made by dogs and cats in the shelter. Um, and so we have those paintings that I think we're going to auction off. And it's also a chance to come out and meet me and get to put a face to the name of this person who stepped in at KHS. And then the first Saturday in October is Wolfstock. Wolfstock. Yep. Yeah. Talk about that for a little bit because that is such a neat deal. Yeah. It's been our, going on for how long, you think? Oh, my gosh. I don't. Even I know. don't know how many years it's been going yeah. on. It is so huge, though. Um, it's been it's been more than twenty three years, because um, I've seen posters back to ninety one. I think. Sure. So it is a huge, huge deal. We're in Sedgwick County Park. We um, we have events. We have costume contests. We take our whole store there, so you can get things for your animals. It's really a chance to get out and have social interaction, both for the pet and the person, which is integral to our mission. Um, we really are seeking to become a community resource, both for companion animals and their people. Aaron, how many people do you think uh, and pets attend Wolfstock every year? Do you have any idea? Oh my goodness, I, mean, I don't. Pretty much fill up the park out there, don't you? Yeah, I I would say it's. It's in the thousand mm. range, um, but I don't have the exact number. Um, but it is it is very well attended, very well supported. People who support animal welfare are very passionate, Steve, <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's been really incredible to watch. Just since I started, 
we actually got involved with KHS because we volunteered there. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I started to see that and I started to see how passionate the people were and how hard the work was. And it just made me love it even more. Yep, that's, you've certainly grown over the years, that's for sure. Uh, now, you've been in your facility mm-hmm. for a few years now. Uh, how many, do you think? Close to 15. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, I remember the facility down on Bozes K-15. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. Ooh. We, we, we adopted a couple of pets out of there, I think. Yeah, we there. used to go. We had to check there a lot because we had a friend who had a couple of dogs that would run off all the time. Yeah. So. So this is so you've been here 15 years. It's a, it's a beautiful building. It's you can see it from the from the 96, can't you? Or yes, can you, you can. Yeah. And uh, is it still adequate for everything you need? And when at time, it, that's a great question. When it started out, it was it was the Ritz. You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> we still talk about it like it's a new building, um, but we are starting to encounter the things that show you know that the building is aging. So we're starting to look at how we things we need to do to take care of the building as we as we move forward. Um, in terms of space, the sad reality right now is that if we doubled the space that we have, it would be full in a week. Mm. And it wouldn't and then and then we'd be back in the exact same position we're in where we don't have enough kennels for, for the animals we have, only we would need twice as many staff. So how many animals do you think that are helped by the Humane Society in a, a day, a year, or whatever. Last year we served uh, almost 16,000 animals. Um, we did over 9,000 adoptions. Um, we sent almost 2,500 animals to local, local and national rescue organizations. So animals that we deemed not adoptable or because, because they had either behavior needs or they have higher medical needs, and they need somebody to really care for them one-on-one. Um, you know, the, the shelter facility and the shelter environment is really made for volume. We're trying to get our flow so that we get the broadest range of animals possible and get them in and out as quick as we can. So how does that break down? I, I know there. let's just stick to dogs and cats. Do you know how many Dogs, how many cats? Is there a percentage of dogs, cats, do you know? We have 120-some dogs in the facility right now, and we have uh, 90-ish cats. Um, so about almost even then. Yeah, yeah. Our space is about the same. Um, we tend to adopt more cats than dogs, um, but it, it really is it's, – it's pretty close, I think. Yeah. How in often, terms of percentage. How often do you come in in the morning and go to unlock the door and or, and yeah. there's a there's a cat or a dog on your step? Oh, do people just drop them off? People leave them at the door. They literally throw them into our play areas. Um, so uh, one day in June, there were three dogs left in our in our in our kennels, and there were nine dogs left at Was. Oh. Um, and wasses, Wichita Animal Services. Okay. We're singular in the nation right now in that we share uh, that space with the government function, the animal control function. Yeah. Um, so that that gives us a lot of opportunity for economy of scale. Um, it gives us a lot of opportunity to do things more efficiently and have a better relationship with them. Um, but it also means that 
you know, their function is very different than ours. Their function is public safety. Our function is to try to take care of the animals as, as best we can and find them families. Yeah. This, uh, you're listening to Issues 2023 on the Odyssey radio stations. And our guest is Kansas Humane Society President and CEO Aaron Walker. So uh, why is it important uh, to have animals, cats, and dogs neutered? I mean, a lot of people out there may not understand what this is all about. So yeah. tell us about it. So spay-neuter services for us help us control the animal population in the community. Um, two cats can turn into over a million cats in seven years. Whoa. I mean, a crazy number. Um, and dogs, dogs are, it's smaller than that for dogs, but it's not, it's not that much smaller. Um, so, for example, we are in the highest year in terms of stray animals coming in in the last 20 years. Really? The data that we're looking at. That, we believe that is directly caused by the fact that we ceased spay-neuter services for about a month and a half during COVID. We couldn't provide it. It wasn't safe. A lot of medical resources were diverted, you know, for human beings, which makes sense. But the after effect of that is now we have all of these animals that don't have homes that are under socialized because they stayed home with people. And, um, and, and there's, there's really nothing we can do. We just try to take them in and we try to find them homes as fast as we can. Um, but spaying and neutering your pet is of the utmost importance. I wish I had understood it more when, um, you know, Bob Barker used to say it at the end of Price is Right yeah. every, every single time. day. And I thought, well, that's interesting. <laughs> that's an interesting thing that he's latched onto. But. Yeah, and now that I work in animal welfare, I'm like, oh, this is, this is huge. This is a real thing that we need to do. Well, if you love animals, it's central. I mean, it's, you've got to do this. I yeah. Mean, and it's, for instance, the number I hate to ask about, but how, how many animals uh, do you have to euthanize every year? So we provide two types of service. So we do an owner-requested euthanasia, in which case that's your dog is very old and sick. Or, or just very, very sick and is not going to have a humane life. Right. So people bring in their animal and request that we euthanize it. Um, we did that for about 600 animals last year. Um, and then in terms of actually euthanizing because of illness in the shelter or because the animals developed behaviors, they were no longer safe to be handled in the shelter. We only euthanized about 100 animals, 120 animals last year. Um, 20 years ago, our live release rate, which is how many animals were adopted and left the shelter alive, was under 50%. The last three years, Kansas Humane Society has a live release rate of over 95%. So we've made drastic improvements to that live release rate. Um, but it also means that we are wearing out our resources. Mm. You know, we need fosters. We need more people to step up and adopt. The, the issues we're facing right now are community-level issues, and they can't be solved by an organization. You know, Wichita has to rally and say, we are going to do something about mm. this. Well, tell us uh, about the uh, adoption procedure. 
So I come in there yeah. and I pick out a dog or a cat. Mm -hmm. What happens next? So we have uh, 20 some, 25-ish uh, dogs available in visible suites at the front that have glass. Um, and then we have an additional 80 to 100 dogs behind the scenes, quote unquote. Um, <laughs> that means you can come in and we have kiosks. I think we have five of them set up. So you can swipe through like a, like a big iPad. You can swipe and see all the available animals, oh. dogs and cats. And then if you want to visit with one that is not on the floor, then you just ask and you're able to have a visit. We always encourage everybody who adopts to do a, if you have a dog in your home, to do a dog-to-dog -dog introduction with our staff at our office. You're doing it in a neutral place instead of bringing an, an unknown animal into your home where your animal might feel possessive, might want to guard you from the other animal. So it gives them an opportunity to meet and interact, and it also gives you a chance to get feedback from our adoption counselors about the behaviors that are occurring between the two animals. I made it seven weeks, Steve, before we adopted a dog <laughs> after I started there. And I, and I love our dog. Her name is Ripley. Um, and uh, we did a dog-to-dog -dog introduction, and I was blown away by the amount of information that they give the owners. So we try very hard to make sure. Just to interrupt you, my wife and I, we we, uh, we got a rat terrier, and we took it to doggy kindergarten. Yeah. And I was amazed as well. It's incredible, isn't it? It's it, it just a couple of weeks. Yep. The dog, you pass them around so other people could handle the dogs, and, mm -hmm. and it, it was incredible. It really I is. I recommend that for anybody. <laughs> I would, too. <laughs> I would, too. I And I hope, you know, I talked about that we need to be a community resource. I hope that we can expand those type of services in the near future because in addition to just dog-to-dog -dog introductions when you're adopting, we're called all the time about do you, where can we get this class? Can you help us? Yeah. Can you help us with this dog that we can't manage its behavior? You can if you know what you're doing. But, hey, I interrupted you because no, we're in fine. the adoption process. Say we've we've selected a dog yeah. or a cat. Yeah. Now what happened? So you have a dog-to-dog -dog introduction. Um, if you choose to move forward with that dog, you can take them home that day. Um, we have you fill out some paperwork. We explain all of the medical stuff that's happened with the dog. Um, the Kansas Pet Animal Act says that we cannot adopt out any animals that are not spayed or neutered. So we cover that with you. If they had anything else going on, like if they're on a medication for heartworm or if they're currently being monitored for something else, um, we go over all of those medical needs. Um, for instance, my dog has two extra baby teeth that never fell out. And so they spent about five minutes explaining to us that they might fall out, but we also might have to take it to, the, take it to our vet and get that taken care of. We also review all the vaccinations, and then we sign you up for an automated um, newsletter that sort of checks in with you and says, you brought your dog home yesterday. Here's what you can expect this week. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think it's a week later, it says, here's what you can expect for the rest of the month. And then at three months, it says, here's where you're at now. Um, so we're trying to constantly give people information and reinforce. It's a follow-up. Yeah. So what is the, what's the most popular breed on dogs? 
my goodness, anything that is small, smaller than 40 pounds. Um, I like the small dogs too. A yeah. lot of people like the big ones. It's just a few hours. Like, like they will hit our website. Some, we'll post a picture of them on social media, and they'll somebody will call and put a hold on it within five hours. Okay. Um, unfortunately, that's the smallest percentage of dogs we get. Right, right. Almost all the dogs coming in now are pit mixes, so they're they're they may not even look like pit bulls, but they have some um, you know pit bull terrier in them. So, uh, are there other what other animals do you actually? We, take care of. we do uh, so dogs and cats are the most common. We also have a small mammal room where we serve animals um, like guinea pigs, rabbits, <laughs> yeah. chinchillas. Um, we had, I believe, a couple of rats that came in um, from a confiscation, like they were left in a house, but they were very clearly pets. And so we try to take care of those as well. I want to talk a bit, little bit about uh, rabies because uh, that's something I, you know about. I'm a young girl, we had a news story recently. A young girl uh, was bitten. She was in the, swimming in a pond or something and mm-hmm. bitten by a beaver mm-hmm. that attacked her. I don't know if you heard that story or not, but no. what do, do you encounter rabies? Uh, what, what should we know about rabies? So I know you give the shots. but Yeah, uh, so for any animal that comes in, um, if, there, if there's a bite incident, we quarantine them for 10 days. That way we can check for any unusual behavior, any, anything that would denote that this animal might be rabid. If there are indications that it is, then we have to euthanize the animal and we have to send that, um, we have to send some biological material <laughs> off for testing right. to make sure. Um, we do that both for animals at our facility and for animals at Wichita Animal Services. We, we assist with that because we provide the veterinary care. The other thing that we always encourage everyone to do is immediately go and get checked out, start an antibiotic if you get bitten. And that's any bite or scratch that, that, um, that breaks your skin. Yeah. So the day before I left for vacation, a cat bit down on my ring finger. And so I spent two hours at urgent care, and um, we did not suspect that it was a rabid animal. So we just monitored it for 10 days, and then we're in the clear. But if for some reason we are, we, um, you have to start treatment immediately. Because if you don't, um, there is no cure mm. for rabies. Right. So once it starts, um, you're, you're out of luck. So. Yeah. So don't mess around with it. Okay. No, okay. not at all. What are the most uh, the animals most commonly that you see with rabies? Would it, would it be cats, dogs, or? I think I think it's I think it's pretty evenly split. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't had very many cases where we've had suspected uh, rabies since I've been there. The vast majority of incidents that we deal with are more are more with animals that are. I'm learning words like mouthy, so. It may be biting at you, but it's more like how a puppy bites at you. It's not aggressive biting. It's Mm -hmm. just really wanting to play with you. Um, So we deal a lot more with just animals that have those sorts of behaviors as opposed to having having some of those diseases. We're almost out of time here, Aaron. uh, What's the thing you like best about what you're doing there and your job? You know, I love working with passionate people. For me... 
I love that I get to work with animals. I love that if I'm having a bad day, I can literally leave my office and walk 200 feet and cuddle with a kitten for <laughs> 20 minutes if I need to. Um, and I have done it. But for me, what gets me out of bed in the morning is getting to work with and support people who are so passionate about changing our community. That's it. Our uh, our guest, uh, Kansas Humane Society President and CEO Aaron Walker. That's that's it for this edition of Issues 2023. We'll see you next week.